Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. Yes. Let's give the Lord a praise clap. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be here this Sunday morning. How's everybody doing today? Doing all right? Good, good. You know, uh, did everybody get a piece of fruit today? If not, we have some over here. That's what I like about this church, you know. If, uh, if I don't get anything out of the service, at least I go home with a piece of fruit. <laughs> and uh, so make sure you get a piece of fruit. And, uh, and there's a reason for the fruit stand, and we're going to get to it in just a few moments. But uh, let's pray together. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you just for uh, what we've seen and what we celebrate, uh, two young lives making this commitment, just to love you more, Lord, and to serve you um, and to be a part of your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for Austin and for Elizabeth. We thank you for their families. And Lord, most of all, we just thank you for who you are. Thank you for being a God who just loves us so much. And even as we sang in that song, you just have a, a, a never-ending, an overwhelming, a relentless love for each and every one of us. That no matter how far we may drift from you, that you're always pursuing us, always wanting us to come back, always wanting us to be uh, in a good, positive uh, relationship with you. And so, Father, I just pray right now that you would continue to do that, that you would not stop pursuing us, that you would keep, keep telling us and showing us how much you love us. So, Lord, bless us this day as we look into your word. We ask that you would uh, help us to have receptive hearts and minds and ears and spirits to receive your word today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You see this orange? It's a product. It's a product of an orange seed put into a ground, into soil. Perhaps it was fertilized, it was watered, it was nurtured. The sun shone, the water came out, the, the weeds were, were, were pulled out, and, it's a, and, and, and good health came to this fruit. And when you peel a piece of fruit like this, we reveal what's inside. I'm not going to ask you to peel your fruit yet. You've got to wait till you go home to do that. But sometimes we find, like an orange when we peel it, we find sections or we find compartments in it. Or sometimes when we peel, say, like an onion. Now, an onion's not a fruit, it's a vegetable. But when we peel an onion, sometimes we find layers upon layers in that onion. And sometimes, as we look at ourselves, sometimes we compartmentalize our lives. And sometimes we may, have many, we may have many layers of our lives that have been built up over the years. Or perhaps they've been buried over the years. But a peeling, a peeling of the outer layer uncovers what's inside. Exposing the fruit. Exposing the real person. So let me ask you this question. What's worse, I was going to grab an apple, but I got an orange. What's worse than biting into an apple and finding a worm? You know what's worse than that? Biting it into an apple and finding half a worm. <clears throat> Any of you ever done that? That's why I didn't bite that apple. Well, you know, in the last, a couple of weeks ago, we finished our sermon series. And uh, you can see it up here on this screen. But it was about hitting the mark. We talked about and we preached about the marks of a disciple, the marks of a follower of Jesus Christ. And our goal was, as it says up here, is to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus in, in how we live our lives. 
in what we say and what we think, how we act, and all the relationships that we have. And so if our goal is to be like Jesus, to have the character of Jesus, then you would expect to see, as a result, some practical evidence of this, some fruit that is being produced in our lives. And so that's why we come to our new series that begins today. It's entitled Peeled, and it's a study of the fruit of the Spirit, as it's found in Galatians chapter 5. And it's so vividly displayed here on the stage. And Major Debbie and your helpers, you did a great job. Doesn't that fruit stand look so wonderful? And uh, the fruit looks so luscious. But you know, here at the Croc Center, we use four C's whenever we hire a new employee. Four C's. It's character. It's competence. It's culture. And chemistry. And character, that's the most important trait we look for when we hire anyone. And what is character? What's who you are when no one is looking? You see, we want employees of good character. And the fruit of the Spirit are character traits. They're characteristics of those who are filled with, those who are controlled by God the Holy Spirit. Thus, they're called fruit of the Spirit. And when we talk about the Holy Spirit, sometimes the Holy Spirit is the least known out of all three of the people in the Godhead, in the Trinity, as we call it. We all know God the Father. We know God the Son, Jesus Christ. But for some of us, God the Holy Spirit, perhaps is still a little bit of a mystery. It's still a bit of a mystery. But the New Testament tells us that as followers of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God lives in us. God is not only with us at all times, but he actually lives with us, and he lives in us. And speaking about the Holy Spirit, Jesus said this to his disciples, and this was the night before his death. And Jesus knew that he was leaving. He was going to leave and leave his disciples by themselves. And so he said this in John chapter 15, verses 16 and 17. And this is what he said. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. That's the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. You see, the Holy Spirit is a precious gift we possess as Christians. The Holy Spirit is working in each of us who've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And the Holy Spirit is the one who, who makes us like Christ. That's part of his job. It's part of his responsibility to help us to be more like Christ, to be like Jesus. And so one of the natural processes of the Spirit is to produce fruit in our life. The fruit that is listed here in Galatians chapter 5. And as we get to know the person and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, and as we surrender and as we come under the influence of the Holy Spirit, there will be a natural byproduct. And that's the fruit that we're talking about. For example, if I have a lemon seed and I plant that and and it grows and becomes a tree, and then it starts producing fruit, what kind of fruit do you think I can pick from that tree? Lemon, right. 
I've had an apple seed and I planted that and a tree grew up, what kind of fruit would that produce? Apples, right? I've had some grapes planted in the ground and a vine grew up, what kind of, what kind of a fruit would that produce? Grapes. Very simple. What is planted, if it's cultured, cult- cultivated and nurtured, it produces the fruit of the seed that's been planted. But what does that mean for us as disciples of Jesus Christ, you ask? Simply, simply this, as you, develop, as you develop your relationship with God through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, there will be marked changes in your outlook toward everything. The Holy Spirit is working at producing fruit, His fruit, in the life of the believer. And the only hindrance to the Holy Spirit producing this fruit is ourselves and our own sinful nature. Now we've got to be careful because we say, oh yes, I, I, I want that kind of fruit in my life. I want love. I want joy. I want peace. I want patience. I want kindness. I need, to be more, I, need, I need more goodness in my life. I need to be more faithful, more gentle, have more self-control. But there's a trap. and We have to be very careful. And a lot of Christians fall into this trap. We have to make sure that it's not our own human efforts or through our own works that we try to produce this fruit. Like we say, I just want to try harder to be more patient. I can be more kinder if I would just be more aware of it. But when you think of works or trying to do better, when we think of the word works, you think of, you think of effort and labor and sweat and strain and toil, and sometimes frustration. But when you think of fruit, you think of beauty, and health, and quietness, in the unfolding of life, naturally and organically. It's the Holy Spirit who produces the fruit, not because of our own efforts. And so you see, we've been given the Holy Spirit, who gives us the seed of the fruit of the Spirit, And he comes alongside of us to help us develop into the person that God wants us to be. Now the old man, the old person, our old natural self, cannot produce fruit, no matter how hard we try. Only the new man and the new woman, empowered by the Holy Spirit, can do that. So if you're struggling in your life, and you're just trying to do it all to yourself, you're going about it all wrong. It's not just I'm going to try harder. It's not a do-it-yourself type of a project. There's a big difference, and we need to make sure we understand that. So let's read. Let's read from our passage. It's Galatians chapter 5, and uh, it's starting with verse 22 through 25. I'm going to ask you to stand. It's going to be up on the screen. And let's read these verses, 22 through 25, and it speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. So let's read this together, Okay. Here we go. But the fruit of the Spirit. Those who belong to Christ. Amen. Be seated. You see, Jesus compared his followers 
to fruit trees. Do you know that you're a fruit tree? And this is a list of characteristics that those who belong to God should display. And it's the Holy Spirit who produces these characteristics. You see, if a bush or a shrub or a tree is healthy, it will naturally produce good, healthy, edible fruit. But if that tree or that shrub is dying or, or it's dead, it will not produce fruit. And so it is with us. So it is with us in a spiritual sense. And so perhaps you may be asking, so then, Major Lam, how, how do I maintain my spiritual health so that I can produce fruit in my life? What do I need to do? Well, Jesus answers that question very simply. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, just the first part of that, uh, of that chapter. And this again, once again, this is Jesus. And he's speaking to his followers, to his disciples. And he's talking about what we're talking about this morning. He's talking about trees. He's talking about vines. He's talking about producing fruit. And this is what he says. Starting with verse 1, and then I'm skipping around a bit. John chapter 15. This is Jesus himself speaking. And he's speaking to each and every one of us today as followers of Jesus Christ. He says, I... Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. And then he goes on, and then he goes on, and I'm jumping down to verse 4. And he says, remain in me. Some Bible translation says, abide in me. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then verse 5, one of my favorite verses. I am the vine, says Jesus, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire, and burned. And then verse 8. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. That's the evidence. The fruit, the evidence that you are disciples, is that you bear much fruit. And so Jesus says this. He says this in this portion of Scripture. And there's no doubt in our mind that Jesus wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to be fruitful. He says, this is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. So how do we do that? How do we be fruitful? Well, Jesus says it again in this passage. He says, remain in me. He says, stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to Jesus. Stay connected to the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.25 says, walk in the Spirit means, and it means to keep in step with the Spirit, not to run ahead Not to lag behind, but stay connected. That's how we can produce fruit, by staying connected to Jesus Christ, by staying connected to the Holy Spirit. And how can we do that in a practical way? We've said it many times before. You need to spend time with Jesus. That daily time, set aside time every day, that daily quiet time to pray, to read your Bible, to read the scriptures, to worship, spend time fellowshipping with God's people. 
We talked how many times about Ohana groups. Get involved in Ohana group. You need other Christians. You need other believers to help encourage you along. It also means a sense of accountability. Remember, we're like plants. Sometimes the weeds come up. Sometimes we need other people to tell us, hey, you've got some weeds growing. Can I help pull out this weed? We need accountability. We need other people, other believers in our life so that the seed that's been planted in us by the Holy Spirit can grow and mature and we can bear good fruit. Very practical stuff. And so we must also remember as we're producing fruit that this fruit is produced to be eaten. Fruit is made to be eaten, not just to be displayed or... um, I thought this was a real apple. There's a tag stapled on here. What's wrong with this? Good thing I didn't bite into it. Is this just a show? Wow, there's teeth marks in there. Somebody tried to bite into that. Wow. But fruit is produced to be eaten. Not just to show, not just to be displayed. I still remember I was in Safeway a a couple of months ago and I was looking for some tomatoes in the produce department because I saw a sign that they had them on sale for like 99 cents a pound, which is really cheap for tomatoes. So I went through the produce department and the produce guy was there and he was stacking tomatoes, this beautiful round stand, and it was beautiful. So I went to the other, the other, place, uh, other side of the store, and there were tomatoes for $3.49 a pound. I said, that's too expensive. I went to another side of the store. It says tomatoes for $4.99. And then I saw the organic tomatoes. They were like $6.99. I said, that's too expensive. I need the 99-cent ones. I'm really cheap. I'm pocket. <laughs> so the produce guy was displaying these beautiful tomatoes. And they were all arranged. And it had the little tag on them. They were perfectly lined, and I discovered those were the 99-cent tomatoes. I went, oh my goodness. This guy's been working so hard to make the display look so beautiful. So very apologetically, I said, I'm really sorry, but I need a couple of tomatoes from your beautiful display, and and I'd hate to disrupt it. And he said something very profound, at least it was profound to me. He said, don't worry about it. That's what the tomatoes are there for. It's for you. You're the customer to take it, to purchase it, to take it home, and to eat it. And so fruit or vegetables or tomatoes or whatever is produced to be eaten, not to be just put on display and to be admired. You know what? People around us are starving. They're starving for love, for joy, for peace, for goodness, for gentleness, for kindness, and all the other fruit of the Spirit. People are starving for it. And when they find these things in our lives, they know that we have something that they lack. And so remember, we do not bear fruit for our own consumption. We bear fruit that others might be fed, that others might be helped, and at the end, that Jesus Christ himself would be glorified. So we just have a few minutes left this morning, and I want to just talk a little bit about the fruit of the Spirit and look at one of the fruit, and it's actually the first one, love. 
And in the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about all of them and the different preachers that will be preaching. They'll be talking about joy and peace and patience and all those other things. But this morning, just for these last few moments, I want to talk about love. And you notice in the list, love is the first thing, the first item that's mentioned. And actually, the fruit of the Spirit, it's not fruits of the Spirit, it's the fruit, singular of the Spirit, is love. And everything else that comes after that, it's all connected to love. Joy is connected to love. Peace is connected to love. Patience, kindness, it's all connected to love. And love is the foundation of the Christian life. Love is the very nature of God. 1 John 4, 16 says, God is love. Not just God loves you, but that's who he is. God is love. And so a question we can ask ourselves this morning is, as we're talking about fruit, how do I know? How do I know when I'm bearing fruit? I know I need to bear fruit, but how do I know when I'm bearing fruit? And how do I know that I'm bearing fruit, the fruit of love, for instance? Well, this morning, let me share just a couple of things. If we are bearing the fruit of love, Number one, I believe we will love the things that God loves. We will love the things that God loves. You see that up there on the screen? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, love the things God loves. Turn to your other neighbor and say, love the things that God loves. You see, the Holy Spirit is living and working in us and is making us more and more like Jesus Christ. As we become more like Jesus, we begin to take on the same mindset, the same attitude of Christ, the mind of Christ. We will dislike the things that God dislikes, and we will love the things that God loves. Now, I love sports. I love any kinds of sports. Football, baseball, basketball, volleyball, ping pong. That's a sport, right? And probably part of the reason that I love sports is because my dad loves sports. And we would play a lot together. We would even watch things on TV or live. And I love what my dad loved. Now I have a son, a 19-year-old son, Micaiah. And believe it or not, he loves sports too. Most likely because I love sports. Well, God loves many things. And I don't have enough time to talk about all the things that God loves. And so to keep it short this morning, I want to narrow down what God loves to two things. And we can ask ourselves, do we love the things that God loves? And so the first thing is, is that God loves goodness. God loves goodness. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves goodness. Turn to your other neighbor and say, God loves goodness. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, I love goodness? Oh, good. Philippians 4.8. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Philippi. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Paul encourages the Philippians to think about those things because these things are good. And it pleases God when we think about them. Major Debbie was sharing with me 
about her woman's Bible study on Tuesday nights. And they're talking about the armor of God. And last week they talked about the helmet, the helmet of salvation. And it's that helmet that protects their mind. When the enemy wants to throw doubts and lies and deceptions in their mind, the helmet of salvation protects them. And so we need to think of the good things. We need to protect our minds. And God, he loves the truth. God loves righteousness. God loves justice. God loves mercy. God loves purity. He loves these things. And so should we. And not only that, but we should embrace these things with our lives. So God loves goodness, and we should love goodness as well. Make it a part of our life. And then the second thing that God loves, amongst many others, is that God loves people. God loves people. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves people. Say it one more time. God loves people. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. God loves every person, and so should we. God loves the unlovely, and so should we. God loves the sinner, and so should we. We hate the sin, but we love the sinner. God loves the undesirables, and so should we. God loves people even, even when he is hurt by them, and so should we. If we as Christians were were to love people the way that God does, the world would be a totally different and a totally better place. Society and culture would be turned upside down. For God so loved the world. But this also means that we are to love each other. Oh yeah, I can, I can love the people of the world, yeah. But don't ask me to love my neighbor. Don't ask me to love my mother-in-law. 1 John chapter 4, 20 and 21. John wrote this. He says, If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother and his sister and his mother-in-law and his co-worker And the list goes on. Do you love what is good? Do you love people? If we are bearing fruit of love, we will love what is good and we will love people. We will love the things that God loves. And then the second thing this morning, the last thing I leave with you is that when we are bearing the fruit of love, we will love the way that God loves. We will love the way that God loves. Turn to your neighbor one more time and say, love the way that God loves. One more time, love the way that God loves. You see, God's love is deep. God's love is strong. It's sometimes hard to comprehend. God loves each one of us unconditionally. We just sang that song. That song, that overwhelming, never-ending, relentless, reckless love of God. Sometimes that's so, so difficult to comprehend that God would love me that much. When I'm far away from God, he pursues me. 
He never lets up. He's relentless. That's the way God loves us. He's committed himself to loving us. There's nothing that we can do that will make God love us any more or any less than he already does. That's how God loves. He loves with such a passion. In Psalms, the word used to describe God's love is one that is very similar to unconditional. It's unfailing. It's another song, unfailing love, isn't it? Psalm 130, verse 7 says, O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. We must love God with an unfailing love, as well as love others with an unfailing and unconditional love. This is the way that God loves. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. In in a few moments, they're going to sing a song. And perhaps as they're singing, we can reflect on what we've heard today. Do we love the things that God loves? Do we love the way that God loves? Love is the fruit of the Spirit. And perhaps we need to ask ourselves, am I bearing fruit in my love, my life? We've only talked about love today. We've got eight more to go. But as they sing this morning, I'm going to ask you to reflect on what's been said. And as I think about that, I think about my own self. When we're talking about love, it always comes down to a relationship or relationships. And it's not easy to love the things that God loves. It's not easy to love the way that God loves either. And as I said earlier, sometimes we think, I can just buckle down and try harder. Let me tell you, that's not going to work. We don't have it within ourselves to do that. And that's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of major lung. It's not the fruit of anyone else. It's the fruit of God, the Holy Spirit. He's the one that gives it to us. And so if you're struggling to love someone, and you're trying to do it all on your own, with your own strength, with your own will, that's when you need to say, no, I can't, I, I can't do it. I know what I need to do, but I can't. And that's when God says, yes. I know, and I can, and I will. If you just trust me, if you just surrender yourself to me, remember, it's the Holy Spirit planted that seed of love in our lives and in our hearts when we accepted Jesus into our life. And all we have to do is nurture it and cultivate it and help that seed grow so that it could blossom into the beautiful fruit of love. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the will. But just saying, Lord, I need your help. I need the power and the presence of God the Holy Spirit to work within my heart so that I can bear the fruit of love. As the team sings, you pray between you and God. If you need to come to our place of prayer, it's always open and available. But let God the Holy Spirit speak to your heart and move today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. 
this morning I'd like to pray for you if there's a need in your heart or your family or a concern or a burden just slip up your hand slip it down I'll be happy to pray for you this morning amen God bless you God bless you before I pray take this piece of fruit home you can eat it if you want to but may it serve as a reminder of the fruit of the spirit and to ask yourself is the fruit of the spirit evident in my life I need to trust in the Lord more perhaps but let this be a reminder today Heavenly Father we thank you this day We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you've given to us as a gift. And many times, Father, we do not even realize that. And Lord, you want us to produce good, godly fruit in our lives. You give us all that we need to make it happen, Lord. So I pray for that in each of our lives today. And Father, I pray especially for those who who raised their hands, who expressed a need, who said, Lord, I just... I need a little bit of extra grace this day for whatever it may be. Perhaps it's for themselves. Perhaps it's for a loved one. Perhaps it's for healing. Perhaps it's for the healing of a relationship. Whatever it is. Perhaps there's uncertainty about the future. Whatever it may be, Father, we know that you're you're a God that we can come to and lay our needs at your feet. And in your way and in your time, Lord, you meet our needs. We pray, Father, that your will would be done. We surrender ourselves to you. We ask that you take control of our lives. We know that because you love us, you will never leave us nor forsake us. So thank you again for all the promises that you've given to us. Continue to bless us this day and this week. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.